This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Theatre Nerds, we're Mel and Mike and you are backstage once again. We're back for another week and now we're in level two and feeling pretty damn good about life being back on the move again. Yeah, yeah. we are. Uh, if you're in our neck of the woods, you'll be elated that level two not only means returning to some sort of normalcy, but for us it really means that we can get back into the theatre, get back into rehearsal rooms, back into auditioning, back to planning for an eventful 22. Such a relief, isn't it? And I get a, a little bit of the same feeling I got last year when we came out of lockdown and everything and everybody was able to get back performing we all wanted to do everything all at once yeah and i'm feeling exactly that same feeling from people again yep uh but this time we, we at least have a little bit of security in knowing that we're unlikely to go back to level three unlikely to get a, a further lockdown what is likely to happen from here is that we'll go from level two into the traffic light system when that happens that's a whole nother thing but it means we can plan ahead a little bit and not sort of think uh, what if what if yeah there's Which not cool. there's a bit less 
Yes. Sitting on the edge of our seats and yes. waiting. Yeah. If you happened to miss it last week, our musical of the week was Anastasia, and we had the pleasure of talking to Jeff Turkington. He gave us a special preview announcement of uh, the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival, which is all go as well. Very successful crowdfunding campaign that they mounted. So check it out. Check it out and check that out and all of our past episodes on any and all of your favourite podcast streaming apps. And while you're at it, go ahead and give us a little like and a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. We have another guest lined up today and very much in tune with our musical of the week too. So stay tuned for that. But first, can we please talk about ourselves again for a hot minute? Oh. <laughs> um, level two, as we've already mentioned, means we're getting back into the theatre. What does this mean for you, Mike, and your schedule? Is your calendar suddenly full again? My calendar is over full now. I asked yeah. that knowing the answer. <laughs> I have um, <laughs> I have taken on more than I should have and currently rehearsing for 12 Angry Men for 16th Avenue Theatre in Tauranga. Yep. We've only just got underway with that. Just yesterday, in fact, we had our first blocking rehearsal for the play. Very exciting. And now I find that I'm probably not going to be available for a few weeks because with level two comes Assassins, which is back on the books, definitely. And you're the foreman. There was a little question mark about that. When does... 12 Angry Men 12 Angry Men is on stage in January so I will be able to manage it a but uh, it's going to be a lot of travel and, and many many rehearsals because with Assassins back on the books uh, without any question mark over that that means that uh, we are going to be rehearsing pretty much non-stop from next week right up to opening night so I'm sure. totally committed to that because we want to see that happen as well then going into next year out of 16th Avenue Theatre's 12 Angry Men I'll be starting rehearsals for Geezers and we are taking doing our auditions for that this coming Sunday yep and then I hope to be involved with uh, Blood Brothers for Hamilton Musical Theatre in some way and um, also looking ahead to what else may be on the cards for 2022 from Bold Theatre next year they are, they are doing that bloody woman and it's no secret everybody knows that now mm-hmm. and I'd really love to be involved in that too but you know auditions are auditions you're so, a busy man uh, Mike look you know if you're not busy you're just going to gather moss aren't you can we all just remember this moment when Mike's telling us how tired he is in <laughs> about six months it will time come. it will come what about yourself then Mel have you have you started racking stuff up uh, I'm not quite as busy as you um, I'm sort of in a for- well, I don't know if it's fortunate but I'm in a fortunate position where I can sort of I'm the, I'm the president of a society, so I get to just sort of sit, I want to say above, but that's not quite what I mean, um, and sit sort of back a little bit, and yeah. I'm just on the skirts. You of, can be detached. On the way. outskirts of organising and having to actually work on the show. Um, but HMT's uh, Beauty and the Beast Junior is coming up in the summer, and that is all go. Thank heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can finally get inside of the actual theatre. They've been rehearsing in the car park, socially distanced for Which the last few Which was a great, weeks. great solution for being at um, level 3.2. Um, they thought about it and said, well, yeah, we can go outside and do that. I am so, so proud yeah, of the ingenuity. Very inventive. Yeah. And it was really hot a couple of Saturdays ago, you know. They, uh, their determination is just like no other. Uh, it also means that the Boilight project I'm working on, the Sherpa and the Beekeeper can oh, audition yeah. this weekend. Uh, so I'm stage managing that, but I'm also mentoring uh, the new director, Matt Cambeck. He's also the writer. Lovely, lovely guy uh, yes, and great he? great script and great play. Um, so that's auditioning this weekend. And well, you've already alluded to it, Blood Brothers auditions can go ahead in December for their season in May of next year. Yeah, and if you're at all interested in Blood Brothers, especially if you think you could be a Mickey or um, an Eddie, uh, I think the Hamilton Musical Theatre would love to see you um, get yourself an audition slot. It's going to be a fantastic production. It's a, it's a great show, and 
there are excellent roles to be had in it. So, well, Peter, lots of people, people, yeah, multiple th- ranges. Yeah, the the kids' roles played by adults. So you know, a- actors in their twenties, um, we need plenty of those. We need a couple of really good women to be the mothers, uh, and across the board, it's it's just a very satisfying show to do. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that one come to fruition. Yeah, me too. Uh, and yeah, Mamma Mia, that's been rescheduled to yeah. February. So. I know. That's really cool because that just has had to get that such one on. a roller coaster of experience on that. One. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really exciting and very satisfying to see those things now able to get a bit of a check mark against them. I think with all that in mind, uh, we know of a few upcoming opportunities that might have been added to the list, even if the upcoming show calendar is a little bit on the light side. Uh, as we slide towards Christmas, uh, the opportunities are the sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Here's what we know coming up around the place soonish. Here's what we know of coming up around the place soonish anyway. At the Meteor, Little Shop of Horrors is being presented by the Wintech Performing Arts students. That's on stage from November the 25th until the 27th. And Assassins is going to stage from December the 10th to the 18th that's yeah. presented by Bold Fit Theatre in Tauranga 16th Avenue Theatre have got Swingers by April Phillips directed by Merv Beats that opens November 26th runs to the 10th of December and Detour Theatre has Sherlock Holmes The Adventure of the Speckled Band 18th November through to the 4th of December now luckily last on the list that it's really light this week Theatre Fakatani have Mystery on the Orient Express coming up that's their Christmas season running from tonight fully expect uh, that we'll be adding to that list in the next couple of weeks ahead. Upcoming auditions and opportunities, The Sherpa and the Beekeeper, written and directed by Matt Kambeck, is uh, the one that tells the story of the very first summiting of Mount Everest and the relationship between the two men. If you'd like to audition this weekend, look up Sherpa and the Beekeeper on Facebook. Hamilton Playbooks are holding their auditions this weekend for the April season of Geezers by Tommy Lee Johnston. That's directed by Mike Williams at uh, Check out the Facebook page of Hamilton Playbox for details on auditioning this weekend. This coming Sunday, going to be a busy one. (laughs) Hamilton Musical Theatre have auditions coming up for their May season of Blood Brothers, directed by Angela Walker. That's uh, December the 5th and 6th for auditions. Follow the Facebook page for details about how to book your place. Riverly Theatre are still, just for another week or so, uh, seeking expressions of interest from anyone keen to be on the creative team for their 2022 Christmas season of the musical Saturday Night Fever. Look up Riverly Theatre on Facebook for more information. Rotorua Musical Theatre are also looking for a creative team. Expressions of interest, please, for their 2022 season of Song Contest, the Almost Eurovision Experience the Almost Eurovision Experience. Check out the Rotorua Musical Theatre Facebook page for information on that. Last but not least, Tahi Tahi Tasi are presenting the 2022 Summer Shakespeare and the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival. If you would like to audition for a role in Julius Caesar, directed by James Smith, check out Triple T on Facebook for all of the details. I've seen those notifications. I'm very, very tempted, but mm. of course I'm busy. As always, if there's anything you want us to spread the word about, email us at uh, backstagepodcastnz at gmail.com or just give us a nudge and let us know when you see us at the theatre next. Which will be soon, because we can be soon. Stay right there. Coming up, Musical of the Week, special guest appearance from one Kyle Chewin, and an all-new Play of the Day. Now's not the time to flip-flop. We have to stay the course. We must be united to defeat this female force. 
If you don't like your predicament, then fuck off and resign. There are plenty more where you came from who gladly toe the line. So ship up or I'll ship you out. Don't bite the hand that feeds. Now's not the time to grow a spine trying to do good deeds. Face the facts, you have no choice when I crack the whip. This isn't a democracy, it's a king dictatorship. You gotta toe the line and come to him. I don't give a fuck about how you feel. When I say jump, you say how high. When I say vote, you don't ask why. Ignore your conscience and just comply and toe the line. They think that they can grind us down, take away our fight. We'll pack up our petitions, go gently in the night. What's the point of all we've done? We turn and go None of us came this far To accept the status quo Don't swallow all their sound bites Of manufactured fear Don't let them distract you And keep you unaware They'll lie right to your face You know, and do it with a smile but Now it's time to shake things up On the shaky aisles And when your children From our musical of the week this week, that bloody woman, that was the line performed by the debut New Zealand cast. That is the recording that we're uh, experiencing right through the program today. Before we talk any more about that, and we're going to do a whole lot of it, I have a new play of the day for you. It's called The Play That Goes Wrong by Henry Lewis, Jonathan Sayer and Henry Shields of the Mischief Theatre Company. Well, I'm here at the Duchess with the creators and stars of the play that goes wrong. So, guys, how's it all going so far? Really well. Mm. Going really well. Really well. Uh, we couldn't be happier at the moment. You know, everything's just, everything's falling into place. You know, uh, numbers are good and uh, it's just, the show's just going from, from strength we, to strength. We were, we were just saying before, before this interview started, you know, things are going well. We said exactly that. Yeah. Like, John said to me, How's it, how's how's it going? going? And I said, well. Well. So you've, you've been quite happy with audience reaction overall? I, I mean, it's, it's been humbling, the, the level of adoration. You know, people, people camping out outside the theatre to, to try and get in and, you know, all down the strand. People coming back shows. again and again. And it's, it's a lot been, of shows have ups and downs for their audiences, exactly, but that's exactly. just we had that. ups all the way just up. Ups. Yeah. keeps going up. I've just noticed they're taking quite a lot. Is that normal? That's, or is no, that's, that's, that's just a thing. That's right. just a you daily maintenance. Daily, yeah, just maintenance. yeah, it happens every every day. Okay. We're constantly um, good job, guys. That. Well done, everyone. Good job, Susan. 
proud of you. Uh, I've heard a rumour on the grapevine that the Duchess isn't quite happy with the ticket sales. Is that true? Or? On the, I don't know what, I don't know what grapevine you're listening to. That's oh, not, just, I've heard several not sources. Not grapevine I know of. Oh, look, yeah. I just got a text from NYMEX. Oh yeah, yeah. From NYMEX. It says, right. says, says really happy with this week's sales and future sales. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So that's so really good. Our grapevine is. Positive grapes, okay. as opposed the to your horse, long grapes. Our sauce is the horse's mouth, so, so eats eat grapes. With, with that in mind, feasibly, how long do you expect this to run for? How, how I, I long? Imagine, um, yeah. imagine, oh, yeah, well, you, you could just take, long the, time. take the chairs away, please, yeah. mate. Is that? Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Probably a really long time because uh, when a show is this successful, it just, just can run and run. Yeah, right. yeah. And how long's people, a piece of string? Uh, yeah. Long. Where, long. Are they where are they taking all that? Is it just around the? Place. I don't. I mean, yeah. no, oh, okay. Thanks, Do take. Do take that. I've heard you might be going to America. So yeah, yeah, yeah well, that's, that's where that's it's all where going. going. They're yeah. all going straight on the van. Straight on the van. Just get guys. Do do hurry because we need to get this stuff out to America. Get it to New York. So we're going to America now. Straight on the plane. But then you've got to come back and do the show tonight here. Is that? I mean, you know, you many keep keep the irons in the fire. So you're you're doing. Like Phil Collins did a live video. Are you a, you know, do you organise removals? Is that what you're doing? Oh, no, I just, I just thought it's quite impossible to do that. I would. Wow. Yeah, that's what you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to have the box, the and then you've got to, you've got to think outside that box. We're well if you want, if you want, if you want that success. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Okay. Well done. Very, very well done, loud. team. That's really good stuff. Thank can, you. Can they keep it down, or is that just? Yeah. I mean, we're to no, do an do, interview. Do but keep it down. Do oh, keep it down. Sorry to interrupt, but you've got that such a fast cat still in the rear. How do you expect to pay for that? Ah, uh, what did he say? This is, uh, this is, this is no, top. No, 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 you listen Tony. to me, mate. Tony. Tony. No, no, I'm Bill. 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 Bill, this is Bill, our uh, mate. No, I ain't got time for this, all right? I need, to, I need the money now, all right? What yeah. Have you got? Yeah. I need the money. You need the money, I need the money. There you go, mate. Cheers. We can't just take it. No, 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 you can't. You can't. This is a fantasy. I'm coming here. Just stay away, all right? Just stay away. I'm going to tell you now. I will not take this! I will not take this! You will take it, won't you? Before the play starts at the fictitious Cornley Polytechnic Drama Society, the audience sees the backstage staff making last-minute adjustments to the set, including trying to mend a broken mantelpiece and finding a dog that's run off. Fresh from hits at, such as The Lion in the Wardrobe and James and the Peach, the Drama Society has received a substantial bequest and is putting on a performance of The Murder at Havisham Manor. It's a 1920s murder mystery play, similar to The Mousetrap, which has the right number of parts for the members. During the performance, a play within a play, the audience is witness to a plethora of onstage disasters. These include, but are not limited to, doors sticking open... Uh, Door, or just doors not opening at all, props falling from the walls, floors collapsing. Uh, we watch cast members misplace props. They forget lines. Uh, in one scene, an actor repeats an earlier line of dialogue and... Co- <laughs> this is great. And causes the... Di- <laughs> okay, i got to start again. That's no, don't start again. <laughs> Carry on. In one scene, an actor repeats an earlier line of dialogue and causes the dialogue sequence triggered by that line to be repeated ever more frenetically several times i have come so perilously <laughs> close to that <laughs> that's probably one of my first night my biggest 
fears uh, of being uh, on stage. Anybody, anybody who's done any acting will identify with at least one or two of those <laughs> things. I have gone on stage and, and delivered confidently <laughs> lines of dialogue from several pages away from where we were supposed to be, and it takes all your efforts to just try to get things back on track. It's an I've awful, def- awful feeling. It is awful. Uh, so, that, I mean, these characters also miss cues. They break character. They drink paint thinner instead of whiskey. They suffer injuries. They destroy the script. And they trigger the understudies. The climax is a tribute to a scene in a Buster Keaton, uh, in Buster Keaton's 1928 film Steamboat Bill Jr., when virtually the whole of the remaining set collapses. <laughs> uh, so it's a slapstick physical comedy crafted from pretty much everything a thespian's worst nightmares are made of. Uh, it won Best Comedy at the 2015 Laurence Olivier Awards. The Broadway production of The Play That Goes Wrong won the 2017 Tony Award for Best Scenic Design in a Play. And it has been translated and licensed for productions in over 30 countries, namely China, Hungary, Poland, Spain, Greece, Israel, Scandinavia, France, Italy, Iceland, Brazil. Oh, there's so many... Uh, Including New Zealand. Including New Zealand, Portugal, Croatia. Uh, this has 30 countries. <laughs> lots of them. Uh, I wish I had seen it. I know that it toured here mm, not that long ago. It was the Australian cast. But the thing is, uh, when you do something that has mistakes in it on purpose, you have to be so damn good at it. You know, it's like learning to, to play the piano badly or sing off key. It's way harder than you think. And I think there's something to be said about this. There must be something to be said about the storytelling because... I, I, you can't. It sort of can't just be a show full of tricks and stunts. No. Uh, that, I, well, I think it's obviously going to appeal to anybody that's ever tried to mount a production of any sort <laughs> yeah. at any level. Yeah. And uh, you know, right from the beginning there, when you talked about uh, the the reasons why they chose that production, it just happened to fit the number of actors that they had. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are the realities of especially community <laughs> theatre when you go to you go to put something on. You know, we actually don't have uh, fifteen young men to do these roles, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. we don't have enough children to do these parts. So we'll change. We'll do something else. And I think um, it's that line of recognition that people have with something like that, that they can identify with it and say, heck, that happened with us. Or, oh, my gosh, you remember when <laughs> yeah. our set fell down. It's or, like you laughing yeah. about the forgotten lines. Absolutely, yeah. I th- look, if I ever get the chance to see it, yeah. I, next time it's been done anywhere, I'll be, you know, busting my bum to get there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. country now we need a change and we need it now a nation ripping at the seams no longer a land of dreams we need a fundamental shift with people and in power it's time that women had a say and that time is now so let's not sit back let's take the reins They make the laws and we are 
fun fact, today's visitor appears on the original cast album of That Bloody Woman. He is a well-known and loved New Zealand theatre performer and singer. He's currently leading the performing arts program at Wintec, and he's directing the long-awaited musical coming to the Meteor in December, Assassins. Carl Chun, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us today. Boy, what a year it's been, eh? What a year indeed. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years, really, but yeah. Yeah, true that. This year in particular, even more. We all we all thought like, oh yeah, twenty twenty one, that'll make up for twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not alone with that. But the last few months, in particular, have been fraught from your perspective. I just want to backtrack a bit on assassins because uh, not not everybody knows the full story on its history and and how long it's taken to get as far as we have now and what lies ahead from here. So, give us the chronology on that first of all. Right, you want to go right back to the start? Hell right, yeah. Right back to the start when I first pitched this <laughs> Yes, we do. Yes, okay, go for it. Cool, great. Yeah, so, oh gosh, what year was that? So 2019, was that my first year in the Tron? Sounds about like right. That. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, yeah, I, I pitched Assassins to, to Bold Theatre, and um, I was a bit um and ah to be, um, with that. Not everyone was on board, but... Um, it, then, but the when it when it when it um got the got the okay and they decided to program it for 2020. <laughs> so we auditioned at the beginning of 2020 and found a really really great cast. And then we were supposed to open end of August in 2020, and obviously that got the old the chop. And then we put on the bold experience instead, just to sort of fill the, well, not just fill the space, but just to um still still be doing something and still be giving theatre to, to Hamilton. And then, but we got the meteor dates for the following year, mm-hmm. the end of August, start of September, and we will all go. And we had a pretty intense rehearsal process, and we were like, what, a week out from opening, and then bang, there it is. Again. And then it kicks in again, and we're like, oh, damn, okay. So then it was pretty much straight away that we, um, we talked to the meteor and um, got these dates locked in, the, um, so the 10th to the 18th of December that's the 10th to the 18th of December at the Meteor Theatre um, <laughs> and and, the, and that was all good and then it was like okay looking like we can get through it again and we had the you know our ups and downs and ups and downs and it was like yes it's going to be on no it's not yes it is no it's not and then lo and behold Waikato level 2 and all back on you must be breathing real yeah. easy now well not easy there's hard well, work to be done yeah and so now here's the problem, right? We've got um, a, a very short period to now. It's not well. It is remount, I guess, because it's been a, a couple of months since we've rehearsed it and getting every, everything back up to scratch. And yeah, the amount of time that we've got to do that before we open is not quite as much. We had um, we had another rehearsal schedule where we'd be back in and we'd do some things, and then. Of course, uh, the WinTech work that Nick Bray and I are doing is sort of like taking up a lot of time as well, so we couldn't rehearse around that. And now um, with Little Shop of Horrors, from uh, the WinTech production of Little Shop of Horrors also being pushed back a couple of weeks, that sort of cuts into a bit of our rehearsal time as well, as Nick Bray is musical director for both, and um, two cast members are also who are in um, Assassins also in Little Shop of Horrors, so it's kind of finding the time to, to share everyone that we need to. So, um, yeah. It's going to be a really, really intense little process in the um, next couple of weeks. More intense than the original process, but um, I'm sure you'll be looking forward to it, Mike. Absolutely. So we're, we're kicking off rehearsals as of next Monday, as I understand it, right? Yes, we are. Most of us will be there next Monday. <laughs> so 
a few other little hiccups that I probably can't talk about, but um, <laughs> people can't quite get there straight away, but um, hopefully they'll be with us soon enough. How close did it come, Kyle, to making the decision that it couldn't happen? Like, if we'd gone to 3-3 instead of to level 2, would that have made a difference? Yes, because, um, well, first of all, you wouldn't have made it, Mike. No. You living in Morrinsville for, um, for work and stuff, I'm sure it's okay to come in, but to do a musical and then crossing that border to, <laughs> to get in to rehearse and then do that, we couldn't have taken the risk. Um, so if it was 3.3... We were most likely not going to go ahead. Well, we weren't going to go ahead, to be honest. We weren't going to if it was 3.3. But now it's level two, all on. Was the, I just want to hypothesise a little bit further. Had you had to make that decision and say, right, it can't go ahead, would there have been any prospect of all that you could have bumped it forward another year or, or moved it to 2023 or something like that? Was that an option? Yes, absolutely. That, and that's exactly what I would have done. Um, Obviously, with next year kind of already being planned, with um, the many, many WinTech things that were involved in the Hamop shows, the the the, um, the uh, Hamilton musical theatre shows, and um, and that bloody woman that we're doing next year, um, there wasn't time to do it next year, but um, it was definitely something that um, I would revisit in a couple of years' time, maybe even 2023. But also, I'm thinking maybe 2023, I take it a little bit of a chillax and let someone else come in and, and direct the bold show. Um, and then look at it maybe 2024 or 2025 even. Like, it, you know, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> it is a production. But, um, but I'm, that. we're so, so very happy that it's going to happen yeah. um, in December. Thankfully, we don't have to contemplate that sort of thing now. And you know, the smart money says we we can't go backwards now. We we can only look forward to the traffic light system uh, coming into effect sooner or later. So uh, it's unlikely we'll head back to level three. So it's onwards and upwards from here. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you, is is um, vaccination and and all of that? Is that something you guys are taking into consideration for your staging in December? Uh, yes. Well, um, it's become meteor policy to be yeah has that sure but like anyone on the premises is required to be back or like to at least have their first shot I'm not sure exactly when their deadlines for that kick in but um but it's something I'm sort of quite deeply passionate about anyway making sure yeah, that yeah. Yeah. so that we can move forward as a country oh yeah let's just I had enough of this oh, it's just I've had, I'm over it <laughs> let's just get vaccinated yeah, yeah. and move on but now yeah. um, you've touched already on the work you do at WinTech, and I know you've got mentioned Little Shop of Horrors is, is coming up, and I guess for the students this year, it's been a hell of a year for them. Um, hard on the heels of what 2020 was, it must have brought all kinds of uh, issues to the fore for you. With you know, how do you structure a decent course? How do you keep the students involved and in, in, and get them to do something that means something out of all of this? A whole lot riding on that decision on Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, it really, really was. We were also fortunate enough in level 3.2, that's where we were, right, yeah. 3.2, yeah, that um, we had sort of like a, a study exemption where we could have very small bubbles um, to to come in and study, uh, uh, to come in and rehearse certain things. And so we were still working, and now um, what it's done is it's, a, it's opened up, now we can have an audience <laughs> when we perform, is the thing. So the prospect of with Little Shop was they would be performing to no one they would have a, a fully formed production all rehearsed all banned and everything but no audience oh, yeah. that would be so difficult live streamer, but 
Yeah, and you know, live streaming is great and everything, but it's still not the same as having that audience there, right? No, they would have been, done that. They would have been then devastating. We've got big, the first years have their big, um, uh, their solo uh, character cabarets that they've been working on all term, six pm to eight thirty pm this Friday at the place. Cool. Uh, and they would, and so now they can have an audience as well. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll talk about a little bit about some of the other things that we've had to navigate around WinTech. So we did a, um, the second year that their play this year, which was Animal Farm, and um, tremendous success. Uh, people came and saw it and, and, and even liked it, which is great. And the students worked incredibly hard. But um, yeah, again, the, sort of the process was that, having to rehearse online for something that becomes quite physical uh, um, and ensemble-based is particularly difficult. And we knew that this was going to be a thing because of what had happened in the past when it, when it came to that. But then we got we got really fortunate that we went into level two, that, you know, remember between level three and level three again, we had that, that short period of level two. Mm. So we got to put on Animal Farm in that space as well as the first years doing their musical theatre showcase in that time slot as well. So we were sort of fortunate enough that we could sort of delay the original performance dates a little bit, and then fortunate enough that we had that little bit of time. And the fact that they're still getting to perform, and even though the process becomes a little bit difficult with with the lockdown and and the Zoom lessons and things like that, the fact that they're still get to go out there and do it under level two circumstances um, keeps them incredibly engaged in something that they're really, really looking forward to. That's so exciting. I can't wait to see them. Yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing Little Shop. Kyle, what has the last couple of years done in terms of uh, informing you about how you need to move forward with the WinTech course from here on and what 2022 might look like in terms of your curriculum and how you might, uh, how you might run that? Other than fine-tuning, because obviously, like, we can't change our format to go completely online and expect that to work for a theatre course. So the only thing, the past couple of years and, like, COVID aside, is all is what we've really done is kind of just fine-tune what we're doing. And so, the, so we're a little bit more thorough with sort of, like, assessment outlines and, and things like that. And, um, and that's all sort of a necessary thing to have done to progress the course. And then again, in terms of COVID, we're not changing what we're doing. We're not sort of going, we, we don't, we do not intend to cater for lockdown type events happening again. Okay. We, we, because of what we are teaching, we're sort of striving to, to maintain that framework and, and keep that going. Obviously, it, it's kind of, you know, again, dependent on, on if lockdowns do happen or not, which you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But we'll hopefully the traffic light system where the lockdown things are a little bit different. But um, so the free, but again, the freedom of the work that we that we are doing it allows us to cater for that without having to change the setup. Cool. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like we can go boom, we're on Zoom, and if we have to, yes, we can do an online performance type thing. But that's only if we have to. But it's the thing, we can do it. It's easy. Well, it's not easy, but it's, it's easy enough to get the students still learning what they need to learn and across the line by doing that. But yeah. obviously it's not, our, it's not our preference and we're not going to change anything to make that part of what we do either. Yeah? Yeah, but I get a sense that you're saying that you need to be fairly nimble and, and able to adapt as, as situations change and they could change yeah, quickly. Yeah, which is kind of part of how the course is 
structured anyway. The, the, the way the work is structured anyway is, is we are number one. We have to, we adjust. You know, some, that's as simple as something is like we're we're uh, we're rehearsing for something and we we don't get through everything that we need to, and so we have to have a time delay on for the next scene or something like that. Or we we get ahead of ourselves and and then we start working on like okay guys let's start making props or something like that so you know, we're constantly in that sort of state anyway that's never locked 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 in cool. we have a good guideline and then we sort of work within that from what i hear and i mean I, I know plenty of your students and they all love it and they love you and they love the program so what you guys are doing sounds awesome cool thanks oh, thanks that's, that's <laughs> all right no, it's haven't. also cool because we've got some new tutors on board as well. We've got so it's not just Nick Ray and myself anymore. There's also Julia Booth who's coming in with all her um, voice knowledge and and things, and that's great. And we've got um, Michaela coming in to be a dance teacher, and we've got Jane Leonard. I don't know if you guys know about Jane Leonard, but you will do. She was formerly Christchurch based and then Auckland based, and then I sort of drew her down to Kitty Kitty Dot to come and. Um, teach on this course with me and she um, yeah locked her in so she's you know moved here have I seen and, her name in relation to court theatre at some point yes well she's currently uh, rehearsing Little Shop of Horrors down at the court theatre ah right yep that's where I've seen it yeah uh, she's um, some tremendous credits to her name as well uh, she, she was one of the first alphabets in the consortium run of Wicked she was the New Zealand premier Scudamouche and um we will rock you. She was um, Vivian and Legally Blonde at the Court Theatre. She's been in the national tours of several things. So I've toured with her nationally. And Gilbert and Sullivan's HMS Pinnacle. Yeah, so she's got heaps and heaps and heaps of credits to her name. And she's really good. And she's also, what I like is she's 10 years younger than me. So she's just got that little bit more relatable nature with, with some of the kids. With the kids. With some of the students. <laughs> She gets, she gets some of the references that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this bodes well for uh, the standing that the course seems to have then, that you're able to attract somebody with that sort of uh, skill set and that history uh, to, to work alongside you with that. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we're getting a host of guest tutors coming in as well. We've got um, Serena Cotton, who worked for years on Shortland Street, and she's kind of coming in and doing screen acting workshops with the students. We've got uh, Luke DeSoma came. Luke DeSoma wrote um, That Bloody Woman, and uh, you've interviewed him before. Um, came and did a, a performance workshop with them. We've got, um, uh, we were meant to have Guy Langford, who wrote um, the Shorten Street musical, um, but he's also done lots of um, lots of uh, clowning and physical theatre things, and he's, he's going to come in, come in, but COVID um, sort of cut that one out, but we'll get him in next year. So we've got uh, like lots and lots of different guest tutors coming through as well, just to keep it fresh and trying to not trying to, but actually making us relevant as well, making our course relevant in the greater New Zealand industry to be like cool. So you've worked with some of these people, you, you know some of these people out there um, producing things or doing things for Auckland Theatre Company and the court and down in Circa or working for South Pacific Pictures and, and doing Shortland Street or whatever other um, TV shows are going to come up. So keep getting our name out there, letting, letting the rest of the country know that, hey, we're training them to be proper, proper professionals here in Kitty Kitty Doha. And yep. we're 
pretty stoked with the way that's going. We're yeah, pretty pleased to hear that, that too because it, it matches our view that uh, we see Kirikirirua and the Waikato region generally as being a, a growing hotbed of, of emerging talent and, and a great place for people to get those skills. Well, tell it you, truly is. Tell you what, it's a nice way of keeping some of them here too. You know, for so long we've been sending off, sending away our most talented young people to go to school outside of Hamilton, outside of the Waikato, and what a cool way to keep them here for a bit longer. Mm. Love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Of course, not everyone's going to leave once they graduate as well, which just means like a, a greater talent pool here. Exactly. Yeah, and we love yeah. keeping them. Which we all benefit from. Yeah. Kyle, just want to finish on a wee look ahead. You've already alluded to the fact that that bloody woman is uh, Bold Theatre's venture for next year and coincidentally completely unconnected in any way whatsoever. That <laughs> happens to be our musical of the week this week on Backstage. So uh, we're Woo! doubly delighted to have you on board as our guest this week so that you can talk about that bloody woman in terms of that production, what you're looking forward to with presenting it here in, in Hamilton uh, as a local production, but also a bit about you know the fact that you're so enmeshed in the history of the thing that you bring a special kind of uh, knowledge and a special understanding of what the show is all about so it's it's sounding like it's going to be a really exciting experience yeah no no i'm excited to do it i'm super excited to sort of because i i mean the show is ingrained in me now i've done it so many times over so many different seasons in so many different cities (laughs) luke desoma he was still studying at Canterbury Uni and I was training down at Mazda in Christchurch many, 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 many years ago. And um, we were flatmates and um, I didn't really have any notion that he would end up writing something this big. Like he was always super talented and he was always super ambitious. Um, this is before he'd even gone to New York. And um, But I had no idea that something like, like this would come from him and it's just an amazing piece. Um, I got asked to workshop it a couple of years before we put on the original production and um, unfortunately I couldn't do it so I didn't really know much about it before I started it. Actually, I, like the original, when we when we heard that Luke was doing a punk rock musical about Kate Shepherd, like when you first hear that, you're like, what? What? It's the same <laughs> as when you hear like about Shorten Street musicals, like, oh, Shorten Street and a musical, terrible. But actually, no, it works great because it's like a pastiche and it's, and it's hilarious and, and things like that. But with... Um, yeah, that bloody woman hearing about a, a punk rock musical about Kate Shepard and and knowing Luke as well, who knows like nothing about punk rock. Like I used to be a bit of a rocker, <laughs> a bit of a metal, bit of a scene kid and stuff. But um, Luke was always just a bit of a, 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 a better nerd, and so I was like, what the hell does he know about that? But then when it you know it all comes together, it's obviously it's not strictly punk punk rock. It was like lots of uh, it's a really eclectic mix of, of music that goes into it. But then when we um, heard it all for the first time when we um, when we all signed up to do it um, for the for the what was it it was the what was the first season it was the Christchurch Arts Festival wasn't it yeah yeah so that original production in the Spiegel chat and we signed up and we hadn't heard any of the music Um, in fact I don't think we'd even had a script I don't think we had (laughs) I think we just turned up on like out of goodwill and wanting to, you know, have some more paid work for the year, being like, okay, yeah, no, we'll do this, we'll do this. <laughs> Not really knowing, and because I hadn't seen one of the uh, any of the original workshops or anything, so I had, I didn't really know what I was getting into. 
and then you know under the guidance of Cap Chapman, the original director of it, um, just sort of like finding it and and you know finding what the piece was, and then hearing the music and then like okay, and and it was great as well because it was you know yeah they wrote it, but there was also a little bit of creative process where the original cast like certain songs go the way they do because that's how we wanted to do them on the day. So like the sort of the, the big sing off uh, '80s power ballad thing between myself and Cameron Douglas like. That was not ever originally meant to be like that, but then we're like, oh yeah, no, let's do this, and then you sing higher, then I sing higher, then you sing higher, then I sing even higher, and like all this ridiculousness came like from the the floor when we were playing with things. Uh, but the the actual piece itself, once we actually read it on that first day, we were like, oh, okay, I get it now, I get it, I get where you were trying to go with this look, and also that first read, it was an incredibly touching piece, and I didn't know all the facts that that it teaches I, I had no idea like um, what the actual struggle was for, for women back back then like we, we all knew it was a bit a bit a bit shit and that men controlled things but I mean, we had no idea um, that it was bad yeah, it was actually bad yeah um, yeah. yeah it was actually yeah because uh, you know because we haven't lived in that society where we've always had more well still not enough but <laughs> equal rights when it comes to that sort of thing mm. um and then, yeah, so we we did that. We did that season, and it was also like a very short rehearsal process and, and still things were being created on the spot and, and, and getting that going. And knowing that we loved it and knowing that like we were like really in it, but we still didn't know how it was going to be received until opening night. You and never then, do, eh? You never do. You never do. It's particularly with a new piece. You mm. just never know. But then at the end just a, a complete standing ovation at the end and like we were like just we were you know it's one of those shows you just you, you're on and you're going and you don't really you're not thinking about how the audience are really reading it you're just along for the ride and you're going and you're, you're telling that story and you, you're, you're doing those things and then at the end when we were just like just had a moment to stand there and breathe together with the cast and then the audience just gets up and clapping and just crying and just, just yeah it just felt like one of the most sort of powerful, powerful theatrical moments I've ever had. And then it was only, we only did three performances in that first season. But again, but luckily enough, Colin McColl from Auckland Theatre Company and Ross Gumbly, who was um, uh, running the court theatre at the time, were there and instantly were like, yeah, this, let's program this. Mm-hmm. Then we had like the following year when we were um, back up in Auckland, um, rehearsing at Auckland Theatre Company, ready to um, open at Sky City, and it was all very surreal. And what was cool as well, what would be um, the change, was for the first time, we were on such a budget. We were on, there was like, you know, smell of an oily rag sort of stuff, the costumes, like, we're all great and everything, but it was like, oh, what can we find in the top shop from here? Blah, 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 blah. But then once we get to Auckland Theatre Company, and of course it's an Auckland Theatre Company uh, co-production with the Court Theatre, to the two the, the two premier theatre companies in, in the country, so all of a sudden we've got this massive budget. And then, then all the bells and whistles came out and it was great again. Like it, it didn't lose its vibe by having more money put towards it. It, was, it just sort of made it, I guess, slicker. And they were very clever with the design as well because they still made it, you know, they spent a lot of money on our costumes to make it look like they hadn't spent a lot of money on our costumes. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. That came off very yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, it had the Wellington fashion vibe. People spend thousands of dollars to look like they got it out of a bin somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, 
so yeah, so then there was there was there was that, and again like sellouts, seasons, extensions, and stuff of that, and then from that it was like okay, and then cool, and then national tour up the following year, where it was like, and we got to perform for a couple of weeks out in the Fortune Theatre, rest in peace, down in Dunedin, and festivals all around the country, and um, and it, but it kept evolving as well, like it changed. We had um. We had the, the core of it stayed the same, but things like songs got changed. There was a different versions of songs, different choreography, different staging and stuff. So we had Jennifer Ward Leland come in and um, redirect us before our national tour, which is also important and something that we got, uh, the original production got flack for because on the creative team there were no females. So telling this like iconic New Zealand female story, there were no women. And we, right. uh, typical men, we didn't even think about that. <laughs> we didn't even we didn't even acknowledge that until it was brought up by by someone in the review, and we we're like, oh yeah, that's right, actually. Oh, mm, oh. <laughs> now you've got the chance to do it your way next year in Kirikiriroa. Do you yes. do you have ideas that you've been sitting on for a while that you want to put into it? Yeah, I've got. I I do have. Uh, I've yeah yeah I've got some 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 big ideas, big ideas. That's um, what we like to hear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and if it could, like logistically, I don't see, I don't know how it would work, but like I really there's some some staging things that I really really want to do that I think would be really cool, but um, yeah, just figuring out the logistics, which is great, and again, like because it's not just me, it's Courtney Mail as well. Yes, mm-hmm. and I, I love working with Courtney. We work together a lot on and, and does, how she helps me design um, for everything I do pretty much because I'm useless at that and she's good at it. Um, but now having her on as like a, a director as well, so having that female perspective and keeping my shit in line is probably going to be really good. But also talking me through things like sorry Kyle you can't logistically do that that's just not going to work and I'll be like oh, move on find something else then. <laughs> um, so that, and that's going to be a, I, I don't know I've never co-directed anything before but I think like for this particular piece doing it with Courtney is going to be perfect yeah I think so Courtney's so great mm. did you guys find yeah. your Kate have we found Kate yet yes we have and we would have um, done like a little release here's our Kate thing but um, but uh She's currently busy rehearsing Little Shop of Horrors in Christchurch at the Court Theatre. So we've already mentioned she it. She does. Mm. Yeah. So it's um it's okay because we can say it's Jane Leonard who's um you know moved to um, Hamilton to teach on the course with me. And again, this is going to be like a a sort of like a, a stellar sort of like coming out in Hamilton type thing. We're like here she is like yeah, well. here I am Hamilton Hamilton hear me roar because she is. <laughs> She is such a fierce performer. She is such a staunch feminist. She is, um, and she, yeah, she is, she's just terrific. And the voice and acting chops on her are, uh, you know, world class. Really are. Can't wait and to so see her on the Hamilton stage. Yeah. So for her to come in and do this and, um, and, and work with us on that, it's, um, yeah, really, really terrific. Oh, gosh, yeah. I'm tingling. Yeah, same. I, really, I can't wait now. I can't wait to see what, what happens with that next year. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, it's, yeah. Been, <laughs> it's been an absolute treat to have you on the show again. Um, always great to catch up with you, and you're involved in so many things and got such a great perspective on performing, on the arts, on what theatre means, and, you know, that ticks all the boxes from our perspective. Really good to talk to you again, friend. You too, guys. You too. We'll Thanks for again. having me, team. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. 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 Why not? Yeah, let's definitely do it sometime, uh, some, another time. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Thank yeah. you. See you later. See you, Kyle. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.
I just want to say thank you once again to Kyle for joining us. I'm very much looking forward to getting back into rehearsals uh, with him this weekend and and with Nick Bray and all the rest of the cast as well. Mm. You know, it's been, uh, he mentioned a couple of months. It's actually been, I think, three months Mm. since we last did a full rehearsal of the play, of the show. Well, you're all basically pros, so I have no (laughs) doubt that you're going to come out the other side just fine. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, look at the music and, and, and... try to rehearse stuff at home but then you think have i got that move right and it's the choreography of of the moves the the show itself involves quite a lot of uh well-planned stuff that we do on stage not dancing but it is choreographed movement which has to do certain things i hope i'm not the only one who's got a a few areas where i'm going to (laughs) be looking around wondering what everybody else is doing the kid's going to show you up mate yeah it could be i don't got to take it as it comes but as kyle said it's going to be a fairly intense a couple of weeks as we get ready for it i'm super excited to see it i think shows like assassin speak hugely to the effect covid has had on theater around the world uh and in smaller centers like here in hamilton groups and societies are now struggling with the very real discussions around the viability of their shows in a world where snap lockdowns could still have an impact on the on production uh, groups are also discussing the impact of vaccination mandates yep. and gathering limits. So it's, it's a hugely changing time, and I'm so happy for, for Bold and for you uh, and being able to get, and for myself because I get to see it, um, <laughs> for getting assassins on stage finally. Oh, look, it can't come soon enough, but another, in another sense, I wish we had a little bit longer to, to polish it up. But it'll, it'll be fine. We're going to get there. Tricky Dicky from Musical of the Week, That Bloody Woman. You are backstage with Mel and Mike. And thank you to our friends at Free FM and Creative Waikato for indeed, getting us indeed, here. Yeah. It's been an action-packed episode this week and we're not done yet. If you're a friend of the show, you'll know that our Musical of the Week is coming up next. It's just the way it goes. It is That Bloody Woman, which in itself is, for, for us anyway, and especially for me, an exciting treat. That Bloody Woman marks the very first musical entirely created in New Zealand by a Kiwi writer-composer. Actually, I should probably amend that to say that it's a uh, internationally recognised, yeah, uh, very yeah. famous musical. Um, we should have got to it sooner, but we're getting to it now. Mike, will you do us the great honour of telling us everything we need to know about the iconic Kate Shepherd musical? I shall indeed. And, uh, you, you know, if you've been a long, 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 long time listener to Backstage, you will remember that we actually had uh, an interview, one of our very first interviews was with Luke DeSoma mm. about this show and the fact that it was uh, being licensed for performances through Music Theatre International, which was great news at the time. Anyway, um, That Bloody Woman is a 2015 punk rock musical, as Kyle described it as well, you know, not entirely punk rock, but it is given that flavour. Yeah. Written by Luke DeSoma and Gregory Cooper. It's based on the life of Kate Shepherd and charts the suffragism struggle in New Zealand and its opposition by Richard Seddon. The story isn't really all that complicated, I suppose, and pretty faithfully follows events in our not-too-distant past. It opens in 1868 with Kate Shepherd travelling from England to New Zealand and settling in Christchurch, where she meets and marries accountant Walter and has a son, Douglas. And it's there that she meets her best friend, Jenny, and Jenny's husband, William Lovell Smith. Kate realises that social and economic inequities were just as bad in New Zealand as in England, and the women had little power to effect change. Problems of alcohol and domestic violence are described, and the turning point for Kate comes when she's attending an event in 1885 where she hears the Women's Christian Temperance Union's Mary Levitt speak Kate goes on to establish the New Zealand WCTU with Ada Wells and Jenny Lovell-Smith. And despite lots of activities with the WCTU, 
Kate realises nothing's changing and nothing will change until women have the right to vote. So that becomes her focus. The 1891 suffrage petition has begun and women use bicycles to, to access large areas to canvass support. However, 10,000 signatures is not enough and the petition fails. Richard King Dick Seddon rails against Kate, calling her the show's title and her followers, and he works real hard to discredit them. What he did was unconscionable, actually. The second petition gets more than 20,000 signatures, but Kate's efforts are again stymied by Seddon. Walter takes their son to England after all of this, uh, having had enough of Kate's shenanigans, and Kate is unable to stop him as children are legally the property of their father. Kate also reveals at this time that she's in love with William Lovell Smith, her best friend's husband. Kate's female supporters urge her not to give up, though, and in 1893, a third petition gathers 30,000 signatures. The bill passes. New Zealand is the first country in the world to grant women the vote. And you'd think we all live happily ever after, but it's been a long (laughs) struggle since then, too. Uh, Ongoing. Yeah. The musical was commissioned by Christchurch Arts Festival and premiered there in August of 2015. It played in Auckland and Christchurch the following year and toured to Hamilton, New Plymouth, Wellington and Dunedin in 2017. An original cast recording was made and released in 2016. As I said, we're using that today for the music. Look to Summer describes seeing the emo rock musical Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson in Los Angeles in 2010 and being inspired to consider what the New Zealand equivalent story could be. He sought out a co-writer and found Gregory Cooper, who he'd only met once before, and who, when approached, had to Google the term librettist so he understood what his job was going to be. Right. And uh, they were fortunate that, you know, inspired by uh, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, the title for That Bloody Woman was right there in Hansard with what Richard Seddon had to say about Kate Shepard. Mm. So I guess it was kind of predetermined that that was what it was going to be. In July 2010, they had written the first draft of what they consider was still a very conventional musical. At that point, they had 17 songs, and only one of them actually made it to the final version. Overall, they estimate they wrote 60 songs for the production, and consulting Hansard so that they could use words and phrases from the original suffrage debates. They wanted to be as accurate as they could be with it. With funding from Creative New Zealand, they kept at it and took part in a workshop at the Court Theatre. Audience testing in May 2013 showed the Court Theatre's artistic director, Ross Gumbly, that the piece had some potential, even though overall it didn't work, and the cape was too unlikable in that, that rendition. Christchurch Arts Festival director Craig Cooper got in touch in March of 2014 and offered DeSoma and Cooper the use of the Spiegel tent at the festival. The restrictions this placed on set design and approach forced the writers to consider the piece more of a, a cabaret experience, with Kate coming back in time to tell us what went wrong because her legacy got fucked up. I like that. Using a 1977 Bette Midler concert in Cleveland as inspiration for Kate's character, Cooper rewrote the first half of the musical in one week. Around this time, the original director Shane Bosher had other uh, had other commitments, and Kip Chapman was selected to replace him. DeSoma admits that the songs for the last part of the musical were actually not written until after rehearsals had already begun. As Kyle said, they didn't even <laughs> really have a script when yeah, they started. Yeah. The rehearsal period for that was three weeks before they opened in July 2015. Yeah. Wow. The show premiered at the Arts Centre in Christchurch as part of the Arts Festival and was originally programmed just for the three nights. It starred Esther Stevens as Kate Shepard and Geoffrey Dolan as Richard King Dick Seddon, Phoebe Hurst, Amy Straker, Carl Chuan and Cameron Douglas comprised the gang. All three shows sold out and all received standing ovations. 
theatrical legend Colin McColl, the artistic director of Auckland Theatre Company, was there and said, I was blown away. I was astounded at how clever the lyrics were and the whole concept of a punk rock musical. He was so taken with it, he immediately moved to drop a show from his next year's budget in order to put that bloody woman on in Auckland. Mm. The production then toured New Zealand, appearing at Sky City Theatre Auckland and Court Theatre, Christchurch, in 2016, Crystal Palace, New Plymouth, Opera House, Mount Wellington... uh, Opera House Wellington, the Fortune Theatre Dunedin and Theatre Royal in Nelson, a Spiegel tent and the Hawara, and the Hawara Memorial Theatre at the Taranaki International Arts Festival, Clarence Street Theatre in Hamilton and the Municipal Theatre in Napier and a Spiegel tent in Tauranga in 2017. The touring version was directed by Jennifer Ward-Leland. She says she essentially only had to re-whip everything into shape again after the hiatus following the Auckland 2016 season. Critics have described the show as a badass feminist rock show not to be missed and outstandingly successful. Esther Stevens' Kate was charming yet defiant and persistent, commanding the stage effortlessly and always sympathetic. In contrast, King Dick Seddon was patronising, furby-decked, ponytail-pulling and a thoroughly nasty misogynist, which Jeffrey Donald played with serious loathsomeness. Loathsomeness, what good. A, what a great review. In June of 2018, Centreport Theatre in Palmerston North staged That Bloody Woman with Lisa Chappell in the lead role. Hmm. The show was also picked up by musical, by Music Theatre International for licensing in that year. In February and March of this year, it was staged at Stagecraft Theatre in Wellington. It was also produced at the Mayfield Theatre in Dunedin by Tairi Musical in July. At the same time, Auckland Music Theatre had a season at West Point Performing Arts Centre. In 2022, MTI Stage Antics and Amici Trust's Junior Theatre New Zealand will collaborate on a youth performance called That Bloody Woman Youth Edition in Christchurch from the 26th to the 30th of April. The production will be directed by our friend Emma Bishop with Andy Manning, the Associate Musical Director for the New Zealand premiere of the show back in 2015 and choreographer Hilary Mulder. Also next year, COVID willing, as we said, we'll see production staged by Tauranga Musical Theatre in April and then by Bold Theatre in Kinikinitora at the end of August. And we don't have our usual slew of information about, you know, Broadway's uh, seasons and stuff like that because the show hasn't got there yet. Well, but. you know what? I actually have just been thinking while you've been talking uh, how lovely it is to hear some you know, New Zealand local place names in relation to their first national tour or their first professional production. And these were professional productions, you know. I I actually think that's just lovely for the history to have started here. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh, Really looking forward to next year and seeing it locally. But what's your take on the show? Yeah, so I am, like you, looking forward to seeing it next year, um, seeing what Kyle does with it. I've not seen it live. uh, But if I'm being really honest, and this is before I talk to Kyle at all about it, uh, I I find that bloody woman a bit bloody problematic. Mm. Uh, The songs are all great. The music's all great. I... I think probably Kyle's touched on it already when um, it, when that bloody woman hit the media and it was frenzied over uh, it had an all male crea- uh, creative team and that didn't quite sit right with me and I don't consider myself a particularly staunch feminist or anything um, but I thought a story about Kay Shepard got to at least have a male musical director a female musical director or something but that aside um, I gave it at the time of day oh I don't know maybe a few months ago I was driving somewhere and it was going pretty well. I thought, oh, the lyrics are a bit basic, but, you know, it's not so bad. Uh, and until it gets to the song, and you're probably going to beat me, but... Uh
it's literally just a song of a whole bunch of women singing that over and over and over and it's meant to be about female empowerment but it I feel like you really couldn't have chosen any other word, any <laughs> other lyrics yeah. than just <laughs> like I, I find, come on. Actually, strange you should say that because I saw the production at Sky City Theatre in Auckland and I saw it when it toured here to Clarence Street Theatre mm. and, and I loved what Jennifer Woodleyland did with it and I thought her touch was evident yeah, in, was in, it? What, in the differences that I saw. Just subtle, but it was there. You know, the women on stage sort of seemed to have a, I don't know, just more of a, a sense of purpose about them. Yeah. Rather than just sort of looking glamorous and or being beautiful. Yeah. And but you touch on that song, and that is actually the one song in the whole thing that, I mean, there is profanity in, in other songs as well, as you would have heard today. We've had to beep a couple of things. But that one song is the one for me that uh, really seemed out of place. And if I'm going to be if I'm going to be critical about uh, the score, that would be it. Yeah, and I, and I share that with you that it just seems like it was really quite gratuitous and that doesn't really serve a great purpose. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're writing a song about female empowerment or females really um, having something to say and, and what they have to say matter, I think they could have done it just a bit more of a solid job on that. Yeah, but you know, I have never written a musical, swearing, so. <laughs> Swearing for swearing sake these days is, just doesn't do it, does it? Mm. Anyhow, it's going to be good to see uh, Courtney Mayle having an input to the yeah. production in 2022, uh, and I'm sure that her collaboration with Kyle is going to come up with something really special. Oh, and she's a, excuse my French, she's a tough bitch, man. Like, she's not going to let those <laughs> those guys walk no, all over her. can't get away with anything with Courtney. No. <laughs> some real politic My middle name is John and my surname is Seddon And I promise to prevent this female Armageddon I owned a pub in Kumara well, A little place near Hokey Ticket okay. But now I'm back in Wellywood with backhanders from Big Liquor The only reason that they want the vote is to turn this country dry Well that ain't gonna happen on my watch on that you can rely So say my name And what's my game Say my name again Who's glad I came So say my name And what's my game Say my name again Who's glad I came Hello New Zealand I'm back Who wants a bit of dick in their lives 13 years on top And I'm still the longest serving prime and don't you forget it, bitches. You can't reason with women. No way. It's quite ineffectual. I'm not anti-women. I'm just anti-intellectual. I'll appeal to the common man. I'll stop the sisters in their tracks. So the only time that they get pulled is when they're laying on their backs. And they'll scream my name. I love my game. Say my name again. Who's glad I came? 
Gosh, I'm feeling half exhausted. Unfortunately, once again, <laughs> that is all the goods that we have for you this week. Time has run against us. But please, please join us again for more musicals, more plays, more nerding out, more interviews, and a whole lot of theatre chat. Chat. I'm going to put it in that basket. It's chat. It's, it's yarning. A whole lot of theatre yarns. Yeah. It has been wonderful to be back in the studio again. Please head out and get vaccinated if you're not already. And if you aren't going to, make sure you get started with that Ministry of Health exemption so we can see you at the theatre again soon. Yeah, we'd love to give you a bump. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you, Free FM, for hosting us. Thanks to Creative Waikato for sponsoring us. And thank you for coming back week after week. Don't forget to catch Backstage where you get your podcasts. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, accessmedia.nz. I could go on but I won't. Head over to Instagram as well find Backstage Podcast NZ where I will be sharing today's episode plus Musical of the Week on our story I've been Mel, he's been Mike, you've been Backstage stay safe out there and stay classy theatre nerds Yes. Today we're going to bow out gracefully with Change Doesn't Come For Free from our Musical of the Week, That Bloody Woman See you Consider this A consultation to consider participation consider this a consultation to consider Oh, consider this a consultation to consider
Use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.